This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones. I'm an executive coach and an author, and my current book is Find Your Happy at Work. Our guest today, Ryan Lytle, is a leader in the field of social media and modern marketing. These days, he's the director of social media at Adobe, where he leads a broad team including social strategists, influencer marketers, community managers, creatives, and, and social analysts. Before he moved to California to join, I've got to say that over again. Before he moved to California to join Adobe in 2019, Ryan was director of social strategy for Discovery, the world's leader in lifestyle programming. There, he oversaw strategies for channels like Food Network, HGTV, and Travel Channel. We'll talk about how, and not much more than a decade since his college graduation, Ryan has created a thriving career in a very hot field. We'll discuss trends in social media today and what they can mean for small businesses and individual professionals. Ryan will share stories from his own life and career, and he'll share tips for your flourishing career. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's exciting for me because you were one of our very first guests back in 2017, and it feels like a lot has happened since then, hasn't it? Uh, certainly has, and, and, and Beverly, really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're eager to hear about what you've been up to, because I know you're always on the cutting edge, and so this will help inform us about what is happening in the world of social media and marketing and all kinds of things. Back uh, when uh, you were working in New York at Discovery, you were... Um, I know leading social media for TV networks and things, but I've lost track. Can you kind of tell us about your transition to Adobe? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. When we when we last talked, I was overseeing social strategy and, and partnerships for um, a number of brands under the Discovery Inc. portfolio. So, so brands like Food Network and HGTV and Travel Channel. Um, since then, uh, I moved across the country from New York to the Bay Area um, to, to join Adobe, where I oversee um, our social media marketing uh, program for the company. And so I, I currently lead a team uh, that, that drives our, our social media strategy across all parts of the business. So across our, our brand, Creative Cloud, Document Cloud, and Experience Cloud businesses. Um, you know, so my, my team uh, supports everything down to, you know, our individual uh, subscribers up to small businesses and all the way up to our enterprise offerings and enterprise customers. And so within my team, I, I, I manage a, a fairly diverse group of, uh, of, of talents across, um, you know, social strategy, community management and community engagement, social intelligence, measurement and insights, um, influencer marketers, uh, and, and also social creatives. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately probably missing a, a title or two uh, that falls into that group. That is quite a range of skill sets and activities. 
I know you've kind of made your way up from one job to another, always always moving upward, but has it been a challenge uh, to keep leading broader and more varied groups as you've moved up? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it, it absolutely is a, is a challenge. I think as, as you do grow in a career and, and you take on uh, a wider remit or a, you know, greater responsibility of, uh, of teams and uh, not only just different focuses, but, you know, as you, you lead a larger team, you're, you're helping support more careers and um, different personalities and, and different ways of working. And, you know, as you, as you do move up in your career, it becomes less about, um, you know, the overall expertise you have across all parts of the businesses that you support or all parts of the um, practices that you support and, and more about the ways in which you have to be a strong communicator, um, you know, be an empathetic leader, uh, understanding the ways that are going to motivate, um, you know, some of your, your staff. You also have to, again, I, I noted communication. It's, it's important not with, only within your team, but in a, in a large organization, a large business like Adobe. It's a, it's a very matrixed organization. And so you have to have the ability to, to work across a, a variety of teams and, and different leaders and different styles. And, you know, it, there is a lot um, that, that gets put on, on one person um, at times. But knowing that there's a, a really strong team under you and, and knowing that you really need to focus on how you make them work the best that they can or how you create a environment or an ecosystem in which they can do their best work. It really becomes more of the priority versus, you know, I, I oversee our strategy, but I also am not the, the only person who is, who's driving that across our entire business. Well, I think you're right that so much of leading, whether it's in a matrix or a hierarchy, whatever it is, so much of leading other people is, listening and communicating and being compassionate and empowering the people, not just knowing the technologies. Nevertheless, I think you may have started your career and gave you an advantage because part of having to try a lot of new things when you're starting out is you get a little bit more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if if I remember correctly, as your career started, you did all kinds of things, producing videos and writing and reporting and maybe even stepping in as TV talent. Do you think the kind of variety when you were hustling in the beginning helped you to get comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable with new situations? I think that's, yeah, I, 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 Beverly, I think that's a nice way of putting it. I I feel like I, um, I wasn't completely intentional and in really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, which I think, again, to, to your point, I think was a was very valuable valuable to me early on in my career. Um, I, you know, I, I've always loved telling stories. I love the um, piecing together of narratives um, and and really thinking about how we create uh, a really clear story. Um, you know, I started as a as as a journalist, and and I really loved kind of all formats and all all ways of telling stories and. You know, so when I was at Ohio University, um, which I was there from 2006 to 2010, I, I, re- I really kind of globbed onto a, a variety of, uh, um, you know, different opportunities at Ohio University. First off, you know, I worked at at WOUB um, on the on at the radio station. I, I volunteered for, 
you know, EW scripts uh, and the website. And I would, you know, shoot short videos for, for YouTube. Um, I wrote for, uh, uh, one of the entertainment webzines that, that was there at the time. I, um, you know, also got into to video production and, and, and went deeper on those fronts. And then, you know, I also social media was, was really kind of in its early stages. You know, I, I had been using MySpace when I was in high school and I was able to get a Facebook account um, when I first went to Ohio University and I got on Twitter in 2007. And so I saw this whole new way of communicating and connecting with others and in a lot of ways kind of opened my eyes to a a different type of path and a different type of way of of telling stories and and sharing narratives. And I, I think in general, I've while I would say it's, you know, it's always, I feel like I've always kind of landed in a, in a good place. It hasn't always been intentional. It's, I've, I've really wanted to find really interesting places to work or interesting opportunities. And those have been, um, you know, the, the stepping stones to, to my career. As an observer of your career for a while now, um, my sense is that as you've kept trying new things and, and, you know, uh, going to uh, opportunities just because they're fascinating. Sort of uh, a byproduct of that is you were building a network, and part of the opportunities that came along, at least, was because you cultivated, um, I don't know how consciously, but you cultivated quite a varied network. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, Beverly. I, um, I, I joined the... Uh, E.W. Scripps Journalism School at Ohio University. Um, I, I transferred in from a different major, and so I officially joined the journalism school my junior year. And I knew, you know, from halfway through my freshman year that I wanted to to move into the journalism school. And at that point, I knew that, or I, I really kind of put this pressure on myself that I felt like I was behind because I I, I wasn't in the J school already. I, I hadn't you know, started, um, you know, my freshman year from the start working at, again, like a WOUB or working at the post. Um, and, and so I, I felt this, this strong push to catch up. And, you know, one of the, the ways that I saw that opportunity was through networking was through, you know, reaching out to, um, people I admired, whether they were, you know, alums of the school or, um, or people I saw, on social or, or, or people that I, I read in the Washington Post or the New York Times, I would find emails and I would reach out to people. I would um, show up at the the director of the, the EW Scripps School um, almost on a sometimes a daily basis, uh, often on at least a weekly basis to, to show my face and, and to just be present. Um, you know, I, I always know that opportunities are, are, are certainly um, – more easily attainable when you are making this extra effort. Um, and, and I, I didn't see, uh, and, and, and no offense to, to anyone in, in the, in my class, cause they're all really, uh, a lot of brilliant, um, folks in this group. I, I didn't see the, the same push to, to do the networking. And, and that was an area where I just felt like I could, I could really kind of stand out. Um, and there's a lot of incredibly talented people in, in, in this journalism school. And it was one way for me to, to at least have my name stand out a bit more. And so I, I use that as a, as a way to connect myself and, and kind of help accelerate, 
and catch up for uh, lack of a better way to frame it with with those who had started in the the J school from uh, from the freshman year. I suspect that your habits and um, comfort with networking has played a consistent role ever since, so much so that you might not even notice it. But but let me ask what it was like to um, leave New York and um, you had good jobs there yeah. and come across the country to Adobe in a, a different sort of environment, different kind of work. Did you find yourself... Um, kind of calling upon those networking skills when you came to a new place far away? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and let me just, I'll, I'll say one thing and, and dispel this uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to call it a myth, but I, I, I've never really felt fully comfortable in networking. Um, you know, it is, it's never, a, it's never the easiest thing. Um, and, and I understand why a lot of people feel um, uncomfortable doing it because, you know, in a lot of ways, it is a very vulnerable um, position to be in. Um, at times, asking for help, uh, you know, asking others who have, you know, you may not have done anything for them, um, but you've you've developed a relationship, and um, at times they can be, you know, beneficial relationships. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, there are opportunities that can can come from those, or um, connections that can come from those, and so it can be a very vulnerable thing. And I do understand why at times it can be difficult for, for many to want to put themselves out there. Um, I felt this, uh, uh, to your point, when I moved from, from New York to, to California, I, I felt this, uh, very deeply. Um, I, I struggled horribly with, uh, imposter syndrome when I, when I moved from New York to, uh, the Bay area to take this role at Adobe. I, um, I, I had always felt very comfortable working in media. You know, I, I knew the I knew the the bounds. I knew the obstacles. I knew the challenges. I had spent over a decade. I had a really strong network, um, and so it, that, in a lot of ways, um, kind of felt like home. And this this role at at Adobe, while you know, still touching on a lot of the the different areas that I have you know, kind of built my career in, in storytelling and, and social media marketing. Um, I felt so overmatched um, even before I started. And it it was a it was a very kind of crippling feeling, um, feeling in a lot of ways that I was kind of blowing up my my entire life, um, the life that it, that my wife and I have built on the East Coast and, you know, really kind of having a completely new experience in a, in a new life with, uh, new people, new surroundings, um, no, no places of comfort. Um, cause we had never lived here before and, and only knew a few people in the area. And I leaned very heavily on my networks. I, I reached out, you know, this was, this was a moment where I couldn't kind of keep that struggle internal. I, I reached out to a lot of different, um, mentors, um, colleagues, friends, and was very open about the, the struggles that I was having. And, you know, those conversations really helped get me through, um, what was a, a really tough time, a really tough transition. Um, a lot of people say that, you know, moving can, can be traumatic and, and it really felt like a traumatic experience and a traumatic moment in our lives, a self-inflicted one, of course, but, 
um, I, I really did struggle um, not only with the move, but just with what I felt were the expectations on the role and what I needed to do to show up. And and again, having having people to turn to both professionally and personally um, really helped keep me steady in really hard times. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. I think sometimes uh, people look at networkers, people they see who are good at it, and they think, oh, it's kind of creepy. I don't want to do that. It doesn't feel comfortable. I don't know anybody. They're so lucky they can do that. I think most of us have that kind of um, commentary echoing in our heads when we try to, when we're in a new situation and we step out and we make an effort to connect and listen and understand what other people want. So it's, I'm grateful that you, you shared that. But the other thing in the um, account you just gave us of your early days with Adobe that's so helpful is that you went out there as a superstar. You've been very successful in your career. You got a great job. And yet it was a real challenge and, it, and, and a struggle. And part of the way you were able to deal with it was the network you already had in place. Once you go out there and start building a network, it's like you're never alone. You have this these places you can call, right? And so, so that can empower you to keep it up, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it is, it is sometimes really hard to ask for help. Um, it is sometimes really hard to, you know, be vulnerable in a, in a way that, you know, even with some of my professional mentors that I had never been as, as vulnerable, um, you know, talking about my fears, talking about, you know, my concerns that I might not, you know, make it through the first, you know, three months of, of this, of this work. Um, because again, a very kind of crippling imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough for, for a role and, and having these concerns again, around, um, again, made up in my head that, uh, I would be, you know, found out as a fraud and that I didn't deserve this role. And again, it was, it was the help of, of my network and, and family and friends um, who really helped kind of rally support for me. And, um, you know, a lot of, again, professional mentors who we had not had that kind of level of a, a relationship and I think really solidified kind of new bonds in, in some ways. Um, again, I wouldn't wish those feelings on anyone, um, but I am in some ways grateful for um, the ability to have seen it through and, and to have had the support of a, a network that again have um, 
you know, in some ways have cultivated over the years, um, both in some ways intentionally, in some ways, you know, have just kind of grown organically. Um, and, and again, have been really grateful for um, that support. Did the fact that uh, the COVID pandemic came along very soon after you arrived in California, was that another complicating factor for you? It was. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my wife and I moved here uh, to the Bay Area. So I, I'm now based in, in San Jose, California, about 10 minutes away from our Adobe headquarters. Um, and I had about two and a half months that I, I got to work in person in the office with with my team um, and, you know, was was building out you know, direct relationships and, and, and more of those in-person relationships. And, um, you know, the, the pandemic certainly changed a, a, a lot of the ways in which um, I, I had to work, the ways our team had to work, the way our company and our, I mean, the world had to work. And, and so it, 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 it certainly um, had a big factor. I will say, uh, California has been a beautiful place to live out the pandemic. Um, you know, the weather here is beautiful. There's a lot of outdoor space. And so from that, from that perspective, it, um, I haven't, I haven't been, you know, there's not much to complain about in terms of, of being here if, if the pandemic had to happen either way. Um, but it, it, it certainly changed the way that, that I worked with my team. Um, we all were going through a very, intense experience. Um, and you know, one again, that none of us had ever gone through one that, you know, for most of the world had never gone through. And in some ways that, that helped connect us, um, even more, uh, even, even though we were all now virtual, um, and, and, and have remained mostly virtual for the last couple of years. Um, and so certainly it has been a, it has been a, a interesting twist and, um, but a very difficult time for, for us all to kind of work through. It, it feels like it would be challenging as a leader, uh, as leaders all over the country discovered, but also kind of an intriguing time, I'm guessing, for Adobe because all of a sudden the tools, um, the, the things it provides are in greater demand and maybe the market is changing very quickly. Uh, for example, I my impression is that in recent years you've started focusing um, a lot on small businesses. Is that right? And how are you looking at the marketplace differently now than maybe Adobe was a few years ago? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it. we have certainly had a, a big focus on, on small businesses. Um, it it is a small, the small business space has, has been a, I'm going to say this from a, a, a business standpoint, has been an, an audience focus for Adobe. Um, but we also know that during the pandemic, small businesses ha- were hit incredibly hard. Um, the, uh, small businesses don't have the, you know, the same type of insulation or, or protections that much larger companies and, and those with multiple, you know, business streams or income streams or revenue streams, um, you know, may, may be able to, to use to weather the storm. And, you know, we, we all were witness to, uh, you know, many of these 
brick and mortar small businesses um, that stop seeing foot traffic that may not have had a you know a a strong um, digital presence, maybe not have a strong social presence, um, not have a, a an e-commerce presence in general, and and so that is and, and small businesses drive our economy. I mean, it is it is not a, a shock to say that it's and and so it is it has been a very important piece of Adobe's um, you know approach to to this moment to to really focus on small businesses and, and, and support those. And, and from, from my team's perspective and from a social perspective, we've um, rolled out a number of um, programs that were in support of, of small businesses. Um, we, we started a program a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago called co-create, which was this and is this program that allows Adobe to, you know, hire everyday creators around the world um, who can make Adobe a, a client of theirs and, and, you know, help us with some of our bigger programs. Like we have a, a, a massive global creative conference um, every, every fall called Adobe Max. And the last two years we've hired um, upwards of 200 creatives, um, creative freelancers who have, um, you know, helped us build the creative identity in some ways for Max or, you know, some of the social creative for, for Adobe Max and helped us cover uh, the conference. Um, we also have a program called Co-Create Small Business that pairs um, small businesses in the U.S. with um, creative professionals around the world and help them, you know, up-level their creative or help them overhaul, a, you know, their their um, you know commerce site, and so those have been a few opportunities um, that we've we've rolled out there. We've we've also had a, a number of um, you know creative residency funds uh, to support these moments, and uh, we also just kicked off a, a partnership with with Meta, um, formerly known as Facebook, uh, to support small businesses, um, and we're you know donating product to. Um, up to 10,000 small businesses, um, in the U S, um, you know, focus on, um, black, Hispanic and Latinx small businesses. Um, you know, many of the small businesses have, that have been the, the most impacted, um, by, by the pandemic. Do you have the sense of the, um, oh, capabilities, skill sets, resources that a small business, I, I, that might have, um, I don't know, less than uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year starting out. What are the real basics, the absolute things you have to have in a small business uh, in terms of social media and uh, marketing? I would say, uh, you know, social media is, I think, first and foremost, when it when it comes to the digital space and the social space, it's it's having a clear vision and, and um, you know intention for what your business is, what your business stands for, what the messaging is, the the voice and tone. Getting very clear about who your audience is, who your con- customer base is, because again, you can say that you are interested in um, you know the consumer space. But within that, like what what does that mean, and and you know who is that audience you're trying to reach? Are you are you 
um, you know, focused on a younger kind of 18 to 24 audience, that may impact, you know, the platforms that you invest in and the messaging that you you roll out, the type of creative that you're using. Um, if you're go, going for a, you know, 25 to 34 or, you know, an, a, an older audience, um, the type of messaging, the platforms where you show up are, are going to be different. Um, I think having a, you know, a, a, a level of understanding around uh, just how e-commerce works, um, you know, investing in, you know, a, a storefront, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to hawk products. I mean, Adobe certainly has um, products that support small businesses and, and e-commerce spaces. Um, there's also a lot of, um, you know, really good products out there from a, you know, a creative template standpoint. And so I would say for a lot of small businesses, you, you don't need, um, you know, a whole creative staff to, to help you with your marketing. You know, today you can use a product like Adobe Express, um, that will give you hundreds of thousands of different, um, creative templates that you could use to, to, to help kind of market your business and, and help kind of shape, um, the messaging that you want to use across a, a variety of different platforms. Um, but having an understanding of, again, your audience first and foremost, or that, that consumer base that you're going after is number one, the most important thing is really having that, that clear vision of, of who your audience is and then being willing to be flexible if, you know, based on the results that you're seeing, um, you know, who you're selling to, uh, getting a, a really clear focus on that and being willing to, to evolve that going forward is, is going to be really important. Well, I want to ask a different kind of social question. Looking at you again as an example, as a young person, uh, you were early to social media. And at those days, it was just becoming absolutely necessary for anybody who wants to chart a professional career, I think. Nowadays, um, people are coming out of college and into a different world. And a lot of other people, maybe mid-career, are trying to totally make a new transition. So for somebody who's about to launch a career, whether it's coming out of college or maybe they're going from one field to another, what would you say are kind of the basic social media skills that are helpful to um, professionals who are trying to stay in touch and maybe have um, more job options in the future? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, and I think my, my thinking on this has evolved a lot. I, you know, today we're in this space where, you know, everything is video, number one. Um, every social platform is essentially primed to help scale and accelerate social first video content. You see a platform like TikTok, which has become, you know, not only a phenomenon from a, a, a video perspective, it is it is now the most trafficked site in the world. I mean, it, it overtook Google in, in 2021. And, you know, you have an, an algorithm that is um, can be very sticky and, and get people to really uh, just keep churning content. Um, and so having an understanding around the uh, and, and let me just add to that with with TikTok, I mean, that also has impacted every other platform. You see 
Instagram, which has gone much more heavily into Instagram reels. I mean, even Facebook has Facebook reels. YouTube has rolled, rolled out YouTube shorts, which is very much like a TikTok offering. And, and so you, you see these platforms that are all kind of driving towards the same direction. And it's video first, um, nine by 16 style content, meaning kind of vertical fits your phone type of content. Um, so having a, having a bit of a background or at least an understanding of, of how, you know, video content today is compelling for, you know, different audiences is, is incredibly important. Having the ability to tell a, um, a, a strong narrative around um, a social strategy. So if you are, you know, interested in, you know, uh, a social media career or a marketing career for a certain business, um, getting really, being able to really kind of drive a message around why we should be investing in certain places, why um, we should be going after a certain audience. Like the ability to write a clear, coherent strategy or, or a creative brief or a, a marketing brief um, is a is a really underrated but highly valuable skill. Um, and then I think also just really being able to clearly, honestly, clearly communicate and articulate your vision um, is incredibly important today. And so there are technical chops that are important. You know, being able to again. Um, build video or be able to pull together um, certain creative. Again, you don't have to be a creative professional. There are plenty of, of products out there where you can become a, an, an incredible creator, um, you know, using a, a template-based social media product. Um, but then like the, the writing and speaking skills, I think today are, are, are so valuable. Um, because again, it's, we're in a space at times where we're, we're not in person. Um, we have to be very clear in our communication. Um, we have to be very, uh, clear and coherent with our strategy and our point of view. Um, and, and so it's, some of these things are just getting back to the basics. Like you should be, you need to be a good writer. You need to be a good communicator. Um, and you need to be able to kind of message a, a vision and, and roll in creativity and innovation into that. I think that's really good advice. I, I notice um, with my clients who are hiring and um, managing people, there's a lot of concern. That it's hard to find really good writers. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about um, lawyers or marketing people or accountants or whatever it is. Everybody um, has uh, a, a very special strength that they could bring to their career if they can write clearly, simply, um, and intentionally. So I think anybody out there who wants to boost their career in some small way, um, not only there's video and all the technologies, but simply focusing on clear writing can really be a help, can it? I, I agree. I 100%. And I will also note, kind of going back, Beverly, to your your questions around networking, Um you know, being, being willing to put yourself out there, reaching out to people proactively. Um, I, I, I talked to a number of schools um, and, 
or I'll, I'll speak to classes and um, I'll always kind of note that uh, I, I generally will always ask or, or tell people like reach out to me and I would, I would love to stay in contact. And um, it's a really important part of the process. A really important part of your career is not only establishing a connection, but maintaining those relationships and, I'll even say generally openly, like, you know, this is a, a class of 50 and I, I bet I hear from three of you. Um, and I will generally hear from, you know, maybe three to five and they will, you know, say, say something about, you know, what they're doing, what they're studying and, um, you know, thank me for, for my time. Um, and they'll respond and, and say, I'm happy to, to stay in contact. And more times than not, I won't hear from them again. Um, and there is that, that, that level of kind of follow-up. Um, and it, it honestly, it's not just students. It, it, this happens across the board. Um, so I don't want to just kind of pigeonhole that this is just students. Um, maintaining it's a, it's those not just about, yeah. yeah, it's not just about building a network. It's about nurturing it yeah. and nurturing the individual relationships. Well, that is a good note to end on. If we want to inspire people to do something for a more rewarding career, it's certainly, um, networking can be um, a good starting point. And Ryan, I'm so glad you're still in my network and I really appreciate your being here today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Beverly. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. Today, we've been talking with social media and marketing executive Ryan Lytle about building a thriving and creative career. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. Today's tip is that the creative activity you do for fun, whether you're painting or writing or designing online, that activity can spark new energy and insights in your day job. Trying something new in one part of your life can make everything feel more interesting. Thanks for listening today, and please come back soon. Thank you.